He's right in front of me, and I can honestly tell him that I'm going to knock him spark out. Leaping right hand by the Prince. Ooh. And up hard left. And Kelly's down for the third time. Welcome to Off The Brawl on Off The Ball for the weekly look around the boxing landscape. With me as ever are Phil Egan and Simon Maguire. And delighted to say this week we're joined by one of Irish boxing's most popular fighters, Ray Moylet. Ray, thanks for coming to the studio. Good morning, thank you. Yeah. How's life? Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, uh, enjoyed a nice quiet Christmas and back into camp now with starting this week. So all is good again, thank God. Did Packy give you a long time off or did he yeah. knock on the door? He was knocking on the door slightly, but I was ready to come back a week after the fight in my own head. But then by the time the, the, the knocks and pains started coming in, I wasn't recovering as quick as I thought. And he was trying to tell me to rest. I wanted to train over Christmas and he wouldn't let me. But by the time it, the time came to come back, I didn't really want to come back, you know, so he was knocking down the door a bit, yeah. And is that typical that once when you have a little setback like that, you want to go and scratch the itch again? Of course, and like the adrenaline was still pumped, you know, the buzz around the town was still there. So it was very easy to get motivated to come back and fight. Um, you know, it was probably some regrets then that I had in the ring and just the, the community, the way they gathered around me. So it was very easy to try and get back training. But my body wasn't able to go back training, you know, it took me it probably six weeks to recover after the fight, really, because it's the toughest fight on my body that I ever had. Um, and it was new, it was new territory for me trying to recover after that. Because, like, I've, I've fought uh, two fights in, in two weeks before, you know, and I've fought five fights in one week in the amateurs, you know, and I never, I never experienced punishment like I did in, in, in Castle Bar that night. But it was new territory, and I know what it's like now to to take a break and a recovery break, not just to break away from boxing, but I needed to try and figure out how to recover my body as best I could. Yeah, well great, we've loads to chat about, uh, lots of interesting talking points from last weekend, in, including wins for Manny Pacquiao and our own TJ Dohany. And we'll also run through some of the big fights uh, that have been announced for later this year. Before that though, we should just reflect on that memorable night in, in Castle Barre, just over six weeks ago now. How do you reflect on that uh, after that time has passed? <coughs> Um, as I said there, you know, I still have a few regrets from my performance in the ring, but as a whole, the, the whole night, the way it went, it, it went beyond my expectation, you know, the, the support of the people, um, the atmosphere in the ring, the response I got after, you know, the, the media coverage I got on all the outlets, like I couldn't have, have dreamed it would have been that successful, um, you know, the respect even I got of of people around, not even involved in boxing, you know, that that's seen it for what it really is, you know, because when some people m mention professional boxing, the nearly, the nearly, the bad stories come to mind, you know. Um, so it's good to, that it was televised across Ireland and people seen it for what it really is, you know, it was a real fight um, and it was an honest fight. And like the decision, probably did go the right way the more I look at it now because I've watched it a few times trying to, to pick out the bad slots or the bad points of my performance but it's good to see fair boxing again you know and it wasn't a hometown decision so I can I can hold my head up you know I woke up the next morning I could hold my head up with pride because I knew I left everything in the ring and I couldn't I couldn't have did it, I'd done any more um, and people seen it for what it really was so overall I'm very happy with with the response from everyone and like at the end of the day it's, it's entertainment, it's professional boxing, it's a business and I think people got what they paid for on the night and people are now asking when is it happening again, when am I fighting again, you know there's massive interest now across the board, it's not just my family and friends supporting me, you know, because they nearly have to support me, you know, they don't have a choice but now there's neutrals that have come on board and people that have never seen boxing or never been at a boxing event thought it was the best sporting event they were ever at, you know, so it's nice to get to get that sort of feedback even after losing 
Um, and like I woke up the next morning, I said I was a proud man with the way everything just, the way everything just went, the, the whole show was um, a great success and everyone had a great night and, <clears throat> but like I, I, I didn't wake up with the belt, you know, but I, if things were different and maybe the opponent wasn't as credible as Oris Queta and the night didn't go so well, you know, I might have woken up with the belt, but I wouldn't have the respect of, of, of all the people. Whereas I think I've, I've gained that now and I think I can build on on the title on the title race you know I can build on getting my belts um, in the next few fights but I think if I didn't have the respect and the support from people if they seen it as a as a as a con job you know which some 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 professional fights are you know there's no point beating behind the bush but people seen it for what it really is and I can build on on getting the belt the next time you know so it's uh, unfortunate I didn't get it but I took something that I never that I never even thought about from it, which is uh, respect and pride from from everyone that was there. Yeah, and you mentioned the belt, <laughs> and given the nature of the occasion and the publicity, you probably could, could have been forgiven for fighting an easier opponent, but a WBC ranking title, I think only Luke Campbell had fought for it at that stage of his career, yeah. so that's the kind of pedigree you were he heading in there. Like, And you, when you were in here with us before the fight, you flagged up, you were expecting this to be your toughest fight. Was there anything about Urzqueta on the night that surprised you in terms of his style or how he approached it himself? Yeah, Dev, like that's how the fight. That's why I didn't win it because I got actually caught not caught in the hop, but I knew he was a come forward. For like I've said in a hundred interviews that he was going to come forward, um, a typical Mexican style. But I said I'd weather the storm and I'd outbox him later in the rounds. Um, I didn't weather the <laughs> storm, so he was actually far, far more intelligent even than I, than I expected and he, his strength was unbelievable. He didn't, I never got punished like that, um, especially to the body in, in over my, my 20 years boxing now and I've spared thousands of rounds, I've fought thousands of rounds and never got punishment like that to the body. I've never been hit so hard over a continuous amount of time. Like I thought I could weather the storm but he was just physically too strong for me. Um, and by the time it came to outbox him, I did outbox him in certain spells of the, of the, of the fight. You know, after getting knocked down in the fifth, I outboxed him as round six, seven and eight. I got the, 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 the all three judges gave me them round, you know. So the, the skill was there to outbox him, but I just left myself with a little bit too much work to do. And he, he invested early in the body and that I tired again after that six, seven, eight round. So... I learned an awful lot from it, you know, like even to invest in the body for myself. I never really would have had that approach in a, in a fight um, because I never seen the value of it. I never, I never, I never was the recipient of that punishment. So now I know even in my next fights to invest early in the body if, if, the, if the option is there, you know, that I know what damage it can do later on in the rounds. Whereas. I'd, I'd, I'd see it on, on TV, the guys doing it, but until you're in it and you're a recipient of it, you, you don't really understand it. So, yeah. <clears throat> And given um, your pedigree as an amateur, you obviously grew up as a natural counterpuncher. That would be your style as you were taught in the high performance. But um, <clears throat> given the knockdowns, you had to probably change your game plan and force the fight a little bit more than you'd planned. Was that a new experience for you as uh, well? Not really. I sort of, you know, after the knockdowns, I wasn't, you know, even the next day I watched the two knockdowns <clears throat> and I'd always give a run a commentary of the fight. I'd say, he's not getting up, you know, and I was talking about myself and I said, no way he's going to get up. But I, at the time, I wasn't hurt, hurt. I took a, a bit of punishment, but when I went down, I knew exactly where I was, what I was doing, you know, I knew everything about, I was, I had all my senses about me. But my legs wouldn't work. My legs were like jelly. So I knew, I didn't know that until I jumped up. <laughs> and I jumped up and I said, oh, oh no, what am I going to do here? So I did, I tried to hold him. <clears throat> and he just flirted me with a load of punches. He knew I was, I was hurt a little bit. But in terms of, I knew, tactically, I knew what to try to do. But my body wouldn't let me do it. And then the second knockdown was more, I was sort of off balance. And he sort of hit me and I sort of just fell off then. As I was falling, he hit me and it counted as a knockdown. So 10-7 round, I was disappointed, but I had another 10 seconds to recover for the second knockdown, you know, rather than if he put the pressure on me again, the, the ref could have jumped in. But uh, I wasn't hurt so much in that I took, I was hurt more 
maybe in the earlier rounds with the body rather than the headshot, just uh, the way I reacted to that. So to come back then to try and counterpunch him, I was hitting him clean shots in the head and he was still coming forward, you know, it was awful disheartening for me. I'd be used to catching people clean and then I could put the pressure on them, they'd take a back step. <clears throat> you know, if you do catch, it's the natural reaction, if you get hit and you get hurt, you're going to take a back step, but he, he never did. So maybe I wasn't hurting him as, 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 as much as I thought. Um, so to try and counterpunch someone that's going to keep coming forward, you know, was a bit disheartening for me, you know, as the, as the rounds moved on. So I, I probably should have <clears throat> been on the bike a little bit earlier. You know, I could have counterpunched him for the whole fight maybe, rather than I think I, I stood in the pocket for too long in the first couple of rounds and that's where the damage was done, you know, that's where the fight was won and lost, I think, in the first three rounds. Is, say you stood in the pocket for too long in the first couple of rounds, do you think maybe the occasion had anything to play with that, mm. the, the home crowd, just, I noticed just the night when you were waiting there, you seem to be waiting a long time to come into the ring, I was wondering mm. what's going through your head, are you taking it all in going this is magic, I can't wait to get into the ring and maybe did it, did you get a bit too excited <clears throat> early on? Um, I don't think I did, as I said I thought I could weather the storm, I didn't yeah really know how strong he was until I probably realised in the first round and it probably took me a round or two then to to come to terms with new tactics you know I probably should have improvised and adapted quicker mm. but maybe the occasion had something to do I didn't want to be seen to be not running but maybe I wanted to try and fight him maybe maybe for the crowd I didn't think of it like that but it took me a little bit longer than I should have to to, to improvise, you know, on, on, the, on the tactics that were there, but like I was, I really enjoyed the walking, you know, yeah. like I, I wasn't, I wasn't under pressure coming in, it was nearly like the pressure was off me at that stage, you know, yeah. I'd made it to there. Um, tickets so, were sold. Tickets were, <laughs> not even that, but the, the tickets were selling good anyway, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but I enjoyed, like I love all that razzmatazz yeah. and the yeah. showmanship, you know, but I just wish it was longer. Yeah. <laughs> I wish the walk-in was three times that length. You know, I yeah. would have, I wouldn't have put the fight up or down either way. Yeah, yeah. Well, also as well, you mentioned that you've watched it back. It's probably something you do with every fight. So, how hard is it watching it back when the outcome is different this time? Are you? Um, I'm proud enough of it because I know I couldn't have done an awful lot more. Yeah. You know, I know he probably. Done the, that was probably the best fight of his career, you know, and I, there's a, there is a lot of things that I can take out of it that I can improve on, you know, so it, it's frustrating sometimes, you know, especially the first few rounds, it's frustrating, why did I stay in there so long, you know, why did I just go in with the hands up and like even yesterday with Packy, I was explaining to him, I said, I went in with my hands up and but he's still catching me in the liver, which was, that's where all the damage was done. And he, like a little thing, yesterday only, he said, when I hold my hands up, they're up on my forehead. And he said, I can't protect the liver. He said, if you hold your hands here, it's your chin. He said, you can protect the liver. You know, that's two yeah. inches there that would have made all the difference, maybe on the night, you know, that if we can work on that. My hands were too high when I was holding them up. Um, and I could take my breaks on the outside. I was trying to take my breaks in in the pocket with him. And it was, it was taking more out of me than the break. So... Like, it is frustrating watching it back, but then there's bits in, how did I do that? You know, yeah. why did I not keep doing that? Or I was proud of myself and the way I came back uh, after the knockdown, you know, like, uh, and I, there's, then there's some parts of the fight that I don't remember at all, you know, yeah. they say, wow, I didn't know I did that, you know, so it is like it, and the reaction of the crowd, you can hear it even watching it back, you can still hear the atmosphere or feel it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of that, but again, just a small bit of frustration kicks in but sometimes I think I hope the result will be different yeah, after but I watch I suppose it, yeah. the thing is lots of fighters have lost earlier in their career and you now know what it feels like so I'm sure the motivation is there to make sure you're not in that position again yeah what, what has Packy said to you since um well just to go back on the last like I, I never wanted to just finish my boxing career just to have no okay. losses. Yeah, no, I never. No, I was never going to. It was never the goal for me. I always yeah. wanted to be in against the best. I'd, I'd rather, as before, even the fight was announced with with Assassin and WBC. I explained to them that I said I'd rather go in and lose in a good fight mm. than to win 
an easy fight that it shouldn't be that shouldn't happen at yeah, all. You know, so match, yeah. I, I explained all that that it's not about finishing my box, boxing career unblemished, you know. So I don't I, I come back from a loss. I've I've lost plenty of times in the amateurs and I've, I've often come back. So that's just a, it's just another learning curve, you know, it's just a pity that I have to keep learning these things, but that's 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 the way it goes. Like leaving Lomachenko got bet in the second yeah. fight, you know. So he's all right, most isn't he? <laughs> he's, yeah, he's not bad. He might make it. He might make it. Um, but just talking with Packy, you know, he like Packy's around the game a long time. Yeah. He knows how hard that fight was, and he he explains that it was a little bit early for that for that fight. Like Urs Quaid has professional ten years now. You know, he's I think he's twenty four, twenty five fights, and you know. Like over ten years, you can learn a lot, yeah. in, especially in Mexico in the professional in the professional setup. Like I was less than two years professional, you know. I was trying to, not, not I was trying to fast track or trying to nearly skip, skip sections. But I know there's not there's not much in it. There's not ten. I don't have to do another eight years to get to that level. I know yeah. that I don't have eight years left in me at that level either. But I know. Um, there is, there's plenty of room for improvement, which is which is a good sign too. That I'm not, I haven't reached my my quarter or my limit. So there is loads of room to improve, and loads of positives to be taken from the whole night. But he 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 thinks it was a little bit early. So I'm not obviously going to go back in and rematch him tomorrow. You know, we we've we've a lot of work to do now in the gym. So before I can I can step it up again to another level but it's it's a learning curve and motivation I suppose yeah well. like it's and I, like I have a small gym at home just where I do my weights and all that and there's a big uh, a big banner of well not a banner but a, a poster um, that, that was up on going into the town like it's it's it's, a couple, it's about three meters by two meters you know it's a big yeah. and it's up covering the wall it's just me and him like so I, I'm looking at it every day you know not like a rocky move or anything <laughs> like that but you know like I don't I don't despise him I don't yeah. I respect him now yeah. and you know and I look at that and say that's motivation for me now to be looking at him every day but if I fight him again or not I don't know um, but it's it's a it's definitely a turning career in my or a turning point in my career that I know we need to we need to start changing things. So like the training now will be will be up and it'll be improved and we I know little things now that I have to work on. Funny that you say watching the fight back yourself, uh, the second knockdown I thought it was done. I was like I thought your eyes were gone, I thought you were looking yeah. at the corner, I was like, ah oh, he's not gonna I thought the fight then started from there. How much are you gonna take from that knowing that you were on the brink and you still pulled it back and almost Pulled it out the, the, the fire. Yeah, I almost pulled out the fire, but uh, like uh, it's exciting because I actually watched you, you guys. I think it was a few days before the fight. You said people are going to wake up the next morning. You said some people will watch it, some won't, and people are going to wake up the next morning and look for a knockout or look for something that that catches their eye. You know, something entertaining. Whether I knocked him out, whether he knocked me out, you know, it doesn't matter. As you said, people don't really watch boxing unless something good happens and they go back on it, you know, so I think that was an entertaining part of the fight, you know, obviously I wish it was the other way around, it was him that I knocked down, but that, that them two knockdowns have catapulted my career to, or my profile to, to another level, um, and my stock has risen, you know, maybe not so much here in Dublin, but definitely in, in the West Coast, um, I sound like American now. <laughs> the, we the west part of Ireland, <laughs> which is uh, Mayo or Galway, you know. So, like people, like I've I've always ha Ray Milet was a boxer. Always, I could always walk down the street and people would know me. I might get a nod or a shake hands or, but literally people are crossing the street coming over just to shake hands and just say well done, you know. So that knocked down. Not that I. Would it be wrong to say that I enjoyed getting back up? You know, that's it built character now. Now people can relate to me. Everyone gets knocked down in life some way or another. But not everyone gets back up and goes back into the trenches. You know, so I know it's not ideal to be getting knocked down at all, but it was the main part of the fight. You know, with Irish boxing even, they gave it the round of the year. You know, now I was on the receiving end <laughs> again for another one. And... Uh, we got fight of the year as well on the same thing. Like that reminds me, like of Mickey Ward and Ashura Gatti. You know, even if you ask people, now we all know, but who won the three fights between Gatti and Ward? Like they, they, w they wouldn't really be able to tell you, but they know how good of a fight it was. Um, 
So it's good to be associated with, with different things. Like I don't mind getting knocked down once I, once I got back up again. But if the towel came in in that round or the ref jumped in, like it'd be very hard to come back for me mentally and even I wouldn't have had the respect or the support again after it. So for me to be able to get back up and to put on a, a show again, that was, that was massive and it was unexpected. It wasn't part of the script, you know. Yeah. So And people liked that. Like, it wasn't a fairy tale story, you know. And like, even if I'm watching a, watching a film or a movie, like, you, you don't really want things to go to end as happily ever after, you know. I always want something to happen, the main character, you know. Th then that's a good film. Twist. Yeah, so Game of Thrones, the, yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't usually seen Game of Thrones. I'm probably one percent of the population. <laughs> I haven't either. Hasn't, either yeah. um, but like, I can come back from this now, you know, and people can relate to exactly what happened in the ring. You know, I got knocked down, I got up, I got knocked down again, and I got up again. So that's just it's it's a part of the fight, and I'm proud of myself. You know, watching back, it is. As you said, there's no way I'm getting up there. Yeah, but at the that? time, I knew I was getting up. But uh, I don't know. Uh, well, probably later in the rounds then that I started to feel the real effects of it, you know. But at the time, adrenaline and the roar of the crowd, like the whole stadium shook. You know, we said we'd take the roof off the TF. <laughs> and nearly, that was very close to it, you know. And not only did the roar happen, but the the whole crowd came closer to the ring. Like I looked at one stage and there was 20 people, I see my two brothers there banging on the canvas, you know. You, you couldn't get away with that in America, you know what I mean? <laughs> they, they get shot, like there'd be security guards everywhere. But they, they, the whole, there, was, there was no gap between the crowd and the ring at that stage. The whole, everything just caved in more. So it, it added to the whole atmosphere of the whole night, the entertainment. Um, you know, as I said, it's, Pity that I had to get knocked down and do that, but that's I got something out of that that I could never have imagined either. Mm. And I know the weight was actually a talking point from some different people. Um, it would have been around 09 since you made 135, I think. Yeah. Um, and you were quick to dismiss that after the fight as a reason yeah. you didn't use it as a factor at all. So you just you would write that off. You wouldn't use that as an excuse. Yeah, like I, I was I was awful mad, actually. Even even listening to the commentary. Um, after, you know, Spike, a good friend of mine, he's seen me in camp, you know, and but then everyone seemed to jump on the bandwagon talking about, oh, the, rate, the weight was a factor and all that, but, like, I made that weight over over eight or nine week period, you know, and... There's a series of check weights, isn't there? With the yeah, dummies? like, I, there's a 30-day check, you know, at 10%, and then there's a, the seven-day check at 5%, and then the official weigh-in. Um, like, I had, I had one hard hour, which was, so I, wo I woke up two pound over the weight, which is nothing really. And I was flying uh, very easy the morning of the weigh-in. I could put no foot wrong. But then I jumped into the bath for, for 20 minutes or half an hour. And when I came out of the bath, I was a bit wobbly, you know. But that was one hour. I was often wobbly going to bed the night before a weigh-in. So it didn't really, I think people just want, not an excuse, but they wanted to give a reason why Maybe I didn't win, and the, and people in conversation, if they so, say something like, oh, the weight was a factor, it means they sound intelligent, they know exactly what they're talking about. But they actually didn't really, in terms of like, I was working with Charles and Jim Trishan, you know, like my food was spot on for the weeks coming up to it. Like, and in my diary, I'd penciled out, so I'm in Dublin every week, and the weigh-in was Thursday in, in Castlebar, Mayo. And I'd actually penciled out that whole week to stay in Mayo, that I wouldn't be fit to drive up to Dublin and I wouldn't be fit to, to come up and train mm. because I said I'd be too drained at the weight. And I actually came up to Dublin the Monday and done three boxing sessions, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. And I drove down Wednesday night, the day before the weigh-in. And I hadn't even done a weight session, as in a, a sweat session. You know, so that's how far even ahead of myself that I was. And, and then for, just for people to say, that the weight was a factor that I got better. It wasn't a factor that I got better. It was the better box one in the night, but I it wasn't no excuse. Like I could easily say I was too tired of the weight. I'm not going to that again. That's why I got better. But that's not that'd be lies, you know. And like I I do hope to go back down to 135, but I probably not for my next fight. I need to just get back 
um, working on my just on my performance again, and then I go back to 135 then for a title. Please God, hopefully before the end of the year. Yeah, I think it's such a brave approach for you to take because you see fighters uh, all over the world, they suffer defeat and they try and blame as many outside factors as they can. Mm -hmm. Oh, the promotion was wrong, the management was wrong, coaching was wrong, the weight, all this kind of yeah. stuff. But you fronted up and said, with the right adjustments, you know, you'll come back yeah. stronger. And Andy Lee and Anthony <coughs> Crowler were both on the show the week after that fight and both said, with the right adjustments, mm -hmm. like tweak the tactics slightly and you'll beat them in the rematch yeah. later this year. So that. I, how are you planning to frame your 2019? It's just kind of build back up to a rematch yeah. or someone like that? Well, like, uh, it's hard to, like, I would love a rematch with them, you know, because there's rivalry now, you know, and I love rivalry, you know, like, even the amateurs had it with Dean Walsh, had it with Ross Hickey, you know, like, uh, people love to see rivalry, and that's, it's it's healthy for sport, rivalry. Um, but it's not my number one goal now is to go and fight him and win that WBC belt just for the sake of winning it, because that'll catapult me then up another level that I'm probably not ready for. Mm. Like Martin Brennan, uh, uh, my old amateur coach, but he, he's involved with me now as well, and Packy, like the, the two of them explained to me that if I did win in December, you know, I'd be catapulted to a new level, and I'm clearly not ready for it, you know, so if I did get the win, like, my boxing career could be very short because you're in you're in the elite group then the, the the top fifteen top twenty and there's no easy fights and if you're not ready for it, it it's dangerous you know and you, you don't have any like you don't have any adjustment fights you you're straight in challenging for title or someone's challenging you for the title and they're all at a, a superior level you know so your career could be very short if 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 you were catapulted into that and you weren't ready so. We know now, that was a nice little lesson. We'll come back, get a few more um, learning fights again, and then hopefully challenge for for uh, for another belt by before the end of the year. But like I, I, I'm looking forward to going back to Castlebar again, you know, but I can't, I'm not going to just go back there for a learning fight. You know, it obviously has to be um, a sentimental fight and mean something that that we can progress on, you know. So we're n I, like I don't have a fight date yet. I'm only back training, boxing training for this this week for the first time, you know. So we're not rushing anything. Like management now is key with me. Um, my next move is is massive. I can't drop down the levels fighting journeymen again, and I can't go up to another 50-50 fight straight away. And for something to go wrong, like if I if something happened, I end up getting better in my next fight. Like, it's very hard to come back from that. So I need to be very clever in my approach um, to angle it, to make sure that I, I learn a fight and then to start progressing from that again. But if I, if I get thrown into the mix straight away, it could be, it could be dangerous for, for my career, you know? Mm. Will you just make sure the next opponent, we can all pronounce his name? Yeah, the Mexican. <laughs> there, was a, there was a lot of trouble before the fight. But I suppose any potential opponents will have seen your fight in Castle Bar. And if it's on the table, an offer to come to Castle Bar, they're going to take it because they'll be thinking they want a piece of that. Of course. Like it's. Thirteen. Uh, like I've never. Uh, I've been at loads of sporting events. I've been at loads of fights as well. And I've, I've never felt an atmosphere like that I've never seen, like it wasn't rent a crowd either, it wasn't just people that, that came for the sake of coming, there was a passionate crowd and people from all over, you know, like people I might have met five or six years ago on the train going to Dublin, you know, and they remembered me, they remember my name, they wanted to come and support me, you know, like that's, that's how close it was. Um, people just gathered for me, you know, and like obviously I'm, I'm grateful for that, but I don't know, could it be repeated? Now either it could be, it could be like, it might be better the next time, you know, mm. I don't know, but I was worried at the start that maybe no one might come, you know, my name in front on the big poster coming on the door, and it was a reflection, if no one came, it would have been a reflection of me. Um, but thank God it all changed, and it, it, with the way it ended up, it was still a reflection of me, to be very positive. But, like, I'm not rushing back. I. I don't want my next fight to be in Castlebarry. You know, you don't, you can't just, you can't just bleed them dry. You know, yeah. straight away, you can't flood the market. Like I need to, I need to build my my reputation up again in the ring, 
and I need to to to, to build on my career as well and and come back with a meaningful fight. Hopefully we can we can get all that over the line, you know. So this is all that's all part of my of the management side of things. I can only do what I'm doing in the gym, but it's just it like uh, there is there is a not a mar market, but my stock has risen, you know. So yeah. it's good to it's a good it's a good not problem, but it's a good it's a good complaint to have that they're looking for me to come back, you know. But again, anyone could, like I could fight anyone, you know, it, and it'll work out. But it's just uh, it's just uh, to work around with Castlebar to see when is suitable, you know. Yeah, like you're not going to be fighting in Castlebar as many times as you see. Anytime I'm driving through Castlebar, Nathan Carter seems to be playing. Castlebar, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you to, as he said, you can't. Um, bleed them dry no but like uh, they're very passionate like you see yeah. with the football team you know yeah, well they're they're gonna have to fork out more money the GAA after yeah, putting yeah. up tickets so like uh, they are great supporters yeah. you know and they're very passionate once they get behind you that's it you yeah. know but it's to get them behind you and hopefully I have I've gained a few more in the last fight but I think it was perfect timing too you know December 7th it was the start of Christmas everyone was in great form everyone had loads of money in their pocket you know yeah, so the w <laughs> like everyone I talked to didn't come home until 5 or 6 in the morning yeah. <laughs> not me I, like I went home straight after the fight I was I wasn't fit for much but I've talked to 20 people during the next day and said oh I didn't go home at 5 or 6 you know but I, it was because it was the start of Christmas everyone was in great form so everything sort of worked nicely in my favour you know so you know, that, that can't happen every weekend. But it's, it's definitely, um, there's a blueprint there that we can, yeah. we can work off again. And it's good that they're looking for me to come back. I'm looking to go back. It's not like we're, we're exiled from it. You know, yeah. we, can, we have the option to go back nearly whenever we want, but it has to be suitable on, on everyone's terms. Yeah, and I mentioned Anthony Crowley there, and we spoke to him, and he really valued the link up that you two forged in sparring and all that kind of stuff. And he was in Castlebar for the fight. Did you get a chance to catch up yeah, with him? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I was talking to him um, the morning of the fight. You know, my brother picked him up at the airport. Oh, there was right. four of them um, Joe Gallagher as well, and, and two more friends of mine from, from, from Manchester as well. And they came over. Like, I, I invited them over, you know, and, but I, I didn't expect them to come over, you know, because uh, I'm sure they had a lot on their plate, you know, he was after winning his, his world title eliminator. Um, and he actually walked in with me to the ring then, you know, Kralla as well. And he came, in, came backstage and when I was warming up, he came and gave me a few words of advice. And even after then, um, Joe Gallagher came and talked to me after the fight, you know, just to see... Um, how I was, you know, more so, not so much for, for the cameras or anything, he came backstage himself and just to see how it was after the fight, so great, like, they're friends, you know, friends now um, of mine, like, I went over a couple of weeks before that, I was only at the beginning of camp, you know, he was, he was well tuned up for his, for his fight and, like, I, I linked in with, with the two of them like, we were telling jokes, like, by the end of it I was, I was pulling pranks on Joe Gallagher, you know, and I was only this I only came off the boat, like, you know, to them, but it, it was great uh, that they valued me so much that they took time off, uh, time out of their own life to come over and, 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 and spend the night at Casper uh, for the fights, you know, so it's, it's a great partnership and I, like, uh, I'd hope, to, I'd hope to, to link in with them in the next couple of weeks as well. I know there's, there's a lot of stuff happening on his side, yeah. so if I could, if I could lend my hand, um, I'd love to, to offer my services to him as well. Like, I, I could replicate, replicate uh, Lomachenko. I could replicate his walk to the ring. <laughs> maybe, maybe not in the ring, but uh, I could be a punch bag if, they, if, they're looking, if, they're looking for, if they're looking for sparring partners as well. That is the talk. It's going to be Kralla Lomachenko at Sunset this year, so uh, I'm sure you would value your contribution yeah. on that one. Um, we'll move on now to last weekend's action and another Irish fighter who made his mark in 2018. TJ Dohany retained his IBF world title with a comprehensive enough win over Takashi in Madison Square Garden on Friday night. Here he is in conversation with the Zone's Chris Mannix after the fight. I was a little bit, um, a little bit half a second too slow to reaction and my counter punching a little, you know, but uh, the main thing is I came here to defend my title for the first time and that's exactly what I did. You told us before the fight, Takahashi was tough. He was gonna be tough to get out of there. You did manage to get him out in the later rounds. Did you see something in him? Did you think you were hurting him in those later rounds? Yeah, every time I hit him, I felt like I was hurting him, but he was getting himself into some really safe spots. 
um, I, like, a lot of people might have picked up on that, but he was getting himself into a really safe situation. I was finding it hard to catch him. But when I was catching him, I was hurting him, and he was tying me up, and it was, it was, um, he wasn't allowing me to get the other shots off that I could to finish him. But the main thing is we got the stoppage in the end, and we move on now. You got a pretty nasty cut on your forehead there. Takahashi got one, too. It looked like it a headbutt in that second round. How did that affect you during the fight? Ah, uh, It's not a TJ Donnelly fight without a cut. But um, that's only a scratch towards the one I picked up my world title fight, you know. But every time I come out with scratches and bruises, because I give it my all in this ring, put on a show for the fans. And that's exactly what I tried to do tonight. So you win the fight. You defend your title. Daniel Roman here tonight is the other piece of that title. Is that the fight you want next? That's the fight I want next. That's what we're all in it for. Danny Roman's a great fighter. He's got the WBA belt. I've got the IBF. Danny, if you're here, I haven't seen you yet, but if you want to get it on. <laughs> I was going to say, we can bring him in. Danny, what did you think of the performance? Congratulations on your win. Uh, tough, tough opponent. Uh, now that that's over, uh, let's make it happen. A unification from champion to champion. Let's give uh, the best fight. Let the best win. Eddie, you heard it. You got the orders from the fighters. Let's go. Let's dance. TJ Dahani there after his win over Takahashi on Friday. Slightly unusual stoppage, uh, but an emphatic enough win nonetheless. What did we make of it, Phil? Well, first of all, I was very disappointed with the pronunciation of his name. Dahani, as he was called by the Yanks and Sky commentary. But yeah, it was an awkward fight because he got cut in the, the second round. Um, but it, it, see, it, it's great for him to be on Sky because, you know, he obviously won his world title and he's been in Australia. It was only his fourth fight in the US. But for Irish boxing fans that wouldn't get to see TJ Dohany, they wouldn't have known much about him. Now, it looks like he's going to really kind of be in the mainstream in the next couple of years. The fact that he's with Matrim now, um, there's already talks that he's going to fight Daniel Roman. These are all going to be huge fights from you know he's put in the hard work in Australia I got like they talked about it in commentary a guy that was working on building sites thinking didn't really know where his boxing career was going but it's a great story as is the case with a lot of boxers they tend to have a great story and uh, he was it was pretty solid performance and um, you know I, I wouldn't know how much they got to see Takahashi before but he, he was he was awkward um, and I thought it was a decent enough stoppage because I think we're probably going to talk about another stoppage later in the in the podcast where there was a, a stoppage in the, the Andrade fight. But uh, I think, yeah, he, he was taking enough punishment for the ref to call it. The reaction of the beaten fighter is always telling in that situation. Uh, Takashi didn't seem overly put out by the decision to stop the fight, whereas in the Andrade... Uh, Akavov and Ludabella were going buck mad because of the yeah, decision. Ludabella so, walked out of the ring. Yeah, walked into the ring and then stormed back <laughs> out of it. Uh, Simon, what did you think of it? Yeah, like he, he turned up to fight Takahashi, you know, and 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 Dahaney got a good workout, you know. <laughs> 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 so it's onwards and upwards, you know. It's a good platform, and like as Phil said, let's see what's coming down the line. What was your What were your thoughts on it, Ray? Yeah, like it was frustrating for TJ. I, I the fight in, in general. Um, I know even the interviews after he kept saying Takeshi was going into safe places, you know, so he was awkward enough to fight. Um, but it was a shutout win for TJ on all the scorecards, you know, he won all the rounds. But I do think the, the stoppage was a little bit premature, you know, there wasn't too much in it. But if he was winning all the rounds, you know, it would have been maybe to, he deserved to see the final bell, you know, after going 11 rounds or whatever. But Nonetheless, it was a, it was a, as TJ said, it was to get the, rid of the cobwebs. You know, he'd have to come back from a hand injury as well. So it was nice from to to defend his title. You know, on a, on a big stage as well. And obviously, he's, he 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 knows he can he can do a lot more um, in the ring. And hopefully, we'll see that if if that fight comes off with with Daniel Roman. Mm. Like I lived with TJ for a few weeks in Boston when we were over there together. And like he, he's a gas character, you know what I mean. So, as you said, everyone has a story. But like, like TJ literally came from 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 nothing in the boxing side of things. You know, he he worked hard to to where he got. And I know, like he was, he he enjoyed his time in in Australia as well. And he he probably was out weekends. And you know, he met a lot of friends over there. I remember telling me a story that he wanted. Uh, 
He said he wants to become a world champion. He said not for the money or not to become a world champion. He said because I want to see people that I was out <laughs> drinking with in Australia and say I was drinking with him. He's a world champion now. You know, he said <laughs> I went I went mad at that fella. You know, that's his. He's he's larger than life. You know, and he he's he's been through the mill and back. And he's it's great to see him perform on 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 such a big platform as well. So it's it's great for him. Delighted for him. Yeah, and. It's someone, given he's been away for so long and kind of catapulted himself back into the mainstream with that um, win, sensational performance to win the world title. Would you say there's gears there? Danny Roman is the fight, which would be unification, like a unified world champion would be an incredible achievement for Dohany. Do you think he can get Unbelievable. There? Like he, he's already probably surprised his, his, the expectations of, of everyone. Because like, uh, growing up in the amateur setup, I'm TJ. He was a couple of years ahead of me, and by the, by the time I got to the level, he was gone again. You know, so I've never even seen TJ in full swing. Um, I've seen him training as well in Boston. And I've seen a few of his fights um, just online when I was when I first met him back in in Boston as well again. But I we haven't seen the best of TJ. You know, he hasn't been really tested yet. Um, you know, a lot of his fights. And the build-up to this, a few of them were mismatches, you know, that he, he was even frustrated himself getting out of the ring. So it, it's good to see now these 50-50 these fights where we will see the best of them. And I'm sure um, his, his trainer, Hector Ramuda, you know, will we'll get the, but they, they seem to have a good relationship as well over there. So it's good, it's good to see that we will see the best of him because he's in, he's in great hands as well. Mm. And also on that undercard, future Katie Taylor opponent Amanda Serrano took Ira Vorberger out in less than a minute, dropped twenty-five pounds to make the one fifteen pound uh, flyweight limit, claimed her seventh or world title in her seventh uh, weight division, which is quite unbelievable, really. Um, it's going to be a hell of a fight when her and Katie square off, isn't it? That looks to be end of this year, Phil. I think. Yeah, it's, I'm just I, I don't know what Ray thinks about it, but dropping twenty-five pounds and seven different weights that she's won titles at. That's uh, it's pretty impressive. I'd like to know her secret. Yeah, I like 25 pounds a lot, mm. especially at that weight. She's already small. Mm. If uh, if she's coming in 115 pounds, is that it? Yeah. Like, she fought at 140 in her last fight. You know, like 25 pounds for, for people out there is, is two stone weight, you know what I mean? So, and is she weighing seven? Is that seven stone, give or take, hundred and fifty? Oh, my maths yeah, isn't Yeah, it's around that. So, like, to put that into context and still perform at a, at a very high level, obviously, um, yeah, there's <laughs> there must be a secret there, you know. But can she come up? Can she jump all them weights again and go back to one thirty-five to fight Katie? Like, uh, mm. like Katie is no, she's not, she's not an opponent. You know what I mean? She's the best pound-for-pound pound female boxer out there. Um, and to be jumping weights like that is uh, it's a bit worrying for for your for for herself. Um, that there's no way she can. She's not a fully fledged um, lightweight boxer. Then you know she's she's either putting on the weight or taking it off. So if you can come in at your natural weight as best you can, which Katie has done her whole career, um, it'll definitely stand to you in in a fight. I have to yeah. wonder what the strategy is. You know, I mean, obviously the fight first. Um, Serrano is against Taylor. Yeah. Taylor's already beaten her sister. Why would you drop down twenty five pounds just to Like at a certain point, who she what's she trying to prove? Like a six weight world champion is unbelievably impressive as it is. To drop twenty five pounds is quite dangerous. You know, a more mm. uh, proficient opponent might have done damage the other night. It, yeah. it was a vacant title, so it wasn't as if she was putting herself in harm's way overly. What happens though if she goes and gets absolutely smashed up by Katie Taylor, then you'd be thinking you can have your seven weight uh, world titles, but you know when you came up against the best, you were absolutely outclassed. Mm. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, the signature fight of her career now is going to be the Katie Taylor fight. So yeah. why is she dropping twenty five pounds to fight at one fifteen? I think both because they're both signed with Eddie Hearn now that they both have three fight deals for twenty nineteen. So Katie in an ideal world will fight Volante in March, then Pursun for the, all the belts in the summertime, and then Serrano at the end of the year. So Serrano does in theory have. The rest of the year to get herself yeah. ready for that fight, but um, that 
that would be a sensational fight and the toughest fight of Katie's career to yeah. date. So hopefully it does happen. Mm. Uh, Ray, what have you made of Katie in the pros so far? She's really she's over. Yeah, Katie is taking taking the limelight of every other professional boxer in Ireland. So she's nearly a nemesis of mine. No, she's not. <laughs> she's, uh, she's unbelievable, really, for what she's done. Not even not even for ladies boxing. You can even kick that out the door. Like she, what she's done for boxing in Ireland, even. Um, like I again, I knew Katie sparred with her plenty of times and used to eat in the in the corridors where you know. So we we travelled to camps together and very good friends, you know. But she was always at a different level to to even us, you know. Um, in how professional she was when even before she even got the title profession, she was always a standout. She always put a hundred percent work in. Um, she she was often there later in the gym when we'd all finish up. She'd stay on and, and go through different tactics and you know even the things that she used to do on the pads that we could never do. You know even with her footwork. So I'm I'm delighted for her that she's got so much recognition that she deserves. You know she's she's single-handedly brought women's boxing to another level and even Irish boxing as well with that and just even the response from her documentary. You know. I, I seen it when it came out in, in the cinema and I was very intrigued by it because I could relate to a lot of it. Um, and as to put, I'd, I'd only see Katie Taylor in the gym or in the boxing world, you know, I'd never seen her really outside that. Um, so it was, it was nice to see the Katie Taylor, you know, and, uh, and I'm, I'm sure people say they still haven't seen the real Katie Taylor, but maybe that is the real Katie Taylor. She's, she's dedicated and committed to, to boxing. And and to her to to God as well. So she's, you know, maybe that is she lives she lives a very simple life, but she's 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 committed to to her to her drive. You know, she's she wants to be the best female boxer in in the world, which she is. She just wants to continue that now. You know, so it's great to see how far she's come from a little girl that we were all sparring with at the time and all talking about it and saying we didn't want to hit her, we didn't want to spare her yeah. until you got hit and then yeah, like we don't want yeah. her to hit us. <laughs> no <laughs> we don't want to, no we definitely don't want to spare her. Um but like it's great to see her pro her progression and she's she's a superstar now. She's a, a global superstar. So it's it's great that I can have the stories to say that I did spare her, you know, in the amateurs and, and I knew her before she was famous. <laughs> but uh, I'm delighted for her and, and hopefully she does get the the recognition, as I said, uh, as she keeps moving forward. And I'd like to see her in tough fights. You know, no more than TJ. I we I don't know. Have we seen even the best of Katie? She hasn't really, really been tested. I know the McCaskill girl uh, was probably a, one of her toughest fights, but I think Katie has a lot, a lot, uh, a lot to offer the professional game. And she has a long career ahead of her. She. She's got. She hasn't got punishment like I have in my, in my last fight, you know. So she, 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 she's going to. She's going to. I think show. Show the boxing world really what, what skill can do. You know, she's she's working solely off skill, what a lot of fighters don't have. Um, and I think it's it's good to see a boxer doing that, because there's there's certain fights that I don't appreciate because not maulers but they they don't have the skill that she has you know so it's it's nice to see that coming to the top level like Mayweather had massive skill but he was very negative in his approach and he didn't he got loads of recognition as well but even you know a lot of people have have bad things to say about it but he was a very skillful fighter you know but he still he still didn't get the the click that that I think Katie Taylor can, she's so skillful, but she's on the front for it as well. So it's good to see that type of boxing back in as well. Mm. And like much like TJ, I think Katie's the kind of fighter that will fight to the level of her opposition. So the better the opposition, the better she'll look. And this will probably be the year where she fights her, her toughest foes. So hopefully that all comes together. Uh, speaking of Serrano, another run, one round blowout was uh, a bit of an upset was uh, Pablo Cesar Cano against Jorge Linares. Um, I don't think anyone saw that one coming, did they? No, it was his 50th fight, his fifth defeat. 
Um, like it's it's only last year that he was in with Lomachenko and he he dropped Lomachenko and uh, obviously before he was stopped and it was one of the best fights of the year. I think it's probably my favorite fight of, apart from Ray's fight <laughs> apart in twenty eighteen. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you just wonder is it kind of is he coming to the end now? Because mm. early in his career, he did get caught in in the early stages of fights, yeah. and he always had that reputation. But he seemed to put that behind him a little bit, and has been. Uh, He's a future Hall of Famer, there's no question about that, but uh, I think if you wear a man bun into the ring, you ha that's what's coming to you, do you know, I think uh, you might have I, to think. I, I won't say anything. You might have to retire if he's going to carry on with that crack, I think. Um, in the main event, uh, WBO middleweight champion um, Demetrius Andrade took care of Arthur Akovov, albeit with another weird stoppage by the referee. Um, as we said earlier, unlike in the Donny fight, um, Akovov was furious by the even though he wasn't as he wasn't even as competitive as Takahashi in the fight, so no, if he had actually put up more energy in the fight than he did in his protest, mm. it would have been a better fight. It wasn't a great watch. Um, I know Andre won. He was like his his last fight um, before Christmas when he fought in front of his home crowd. Mm. Um, it wasn't that wasn't great either. But that was you could understand it because the Billy Joe fight had fallen through, and maybe. Like he has to fight Billy Joe now. Um, maybe we'll see the best of Andrade when he fights better fighters. But um, he does have a he does have a good jab. Um, and in fairness, he was fighting a guy that was running for most of the yeah. the fight, which can make you look bad. It was an odd one as well because Akahov kept with two southpaws first, and then Akahov kept um, spinning to his right into Andrade's power hand. I just kind of was like, what? What are you doing, like? So, <laughs> I think the ref just had enough and was like, Look, let's just wrap this up here, lads, and get out of here. Yeah, I was kind of underwhelmed by the choice of opponent because Billy Joe Saunders, who was about 50% fit at the time, dealt with Akavov really easily, so I was yeah. a bit uh, bemused by how that came about in the first place. But uh, it looks like that Saunders fight is going to be mandated by the WBO, although Andre did call out Golovkin after the fight, so he also seems to be he's going to be thrown in with the big dogs this uh, this year, and we'll see, we'll see how it goes. In terms of the middleweight picture, the big news of the last few days is that Danny Jacobs and Canelo is uh, all set for Cinco de Mayo. That's uh, that's going to be a hell of a fight, isn't it? Yeah. See, and then you could have you can have Jacobs against Canelo, and then if you if Andrade and Billy Joe doesn't happen, you have Andrade and Triple G, and you can pair them off. You know, which you would imagine then that sets up Canelo Triple G Part Three, mm. unless you think Jacobs is going to beat Canelo. I mean, to beat Canelo. On that particular weekend, you'd actually have to put him in a body bag. Yeah, yeah, you'd have to knock him out to get a draw in that fight. I think, but uh, Jacobs and Andrade are pretty pretty close as well. I think they sparred a lot when they're younger, and I don't, I'm not too sure they they, they plan on fighting either. So yeah. while they're there, they're also not there. And Billy Joe Saunders, Ray, like even when he had a belt, he found it difficult to get the big fights he wanted. He obviously got the fight with Lemieux and showed what he can do at that level. But you know, factors have obviously seen that belt uh, leave his grasp. Yeah. Do you still think he's the wild card in that division? Do you still think he can like, have uh, it? Billy Joe Saunders is so elusive and so skillful as well, and he's he's. But I think he's one of the best middleweights out there. But he doesn't he doesn't bring like he's a very dangerous fighter for a world champion to fight, or he doesn't bring the money behind him. He doesn't bring the crowds with him. But yet, you have everything to lose, you know, when you fight him, because he's so, he's so skillful and so, so elusive in the ring that, like his southpaw style, is is very hard to, is to match, you know, and he's very tricky in there, and he's so dangerous for one of these guys to fight that, if they fight him, they're probably not going to get their biggest payday, but they're probably going to get bet by him too. So he's. He, he's a dangerous fighter for any of them, but I think he, he probably is the wild card there. I think I actually thought uh, Golovkin beat Canelo the second time again, so I know there's loads of opinions on that, but I thought, so I, I would rate them as Golovkin, um, Billy Joe, and then Canelo third, but now with the massive money even behind Canelo and the, everything sort of going in his favour, fighting in Cinco de Mayo, you know, yeah. I, you're not going to beat that this guy if in a close fight. You know he's always going to get that decision with everything. So he probably is. He's he's back to the top again. But I, I would like to see Billy Joe Saunders in against him too because he again he's a fighter and he, and he's a, he's a he's a counter puncher. So 
it's like, I, I, I'd like to see how Golovkin would would manage someone that's moving for 12 rounds, yeah, you know, like he, he fought Canelo, Canelo stood there, you know, like it'd be nice to see how would these fellas react to a different type of fighter, which, which there's no other fighter like Billy Joe in the world, what, what he can do, so. Yeah, the problem is though, it, it just is with Billy Joe, it's uh, more risk than reward for the likes mm. of Canelo or Triple G, where it's not going to get the same amount of money and there is that risk that it could be a very tough night for them. Mm. And whatever about Canelo, I wouldn't necessarily be his biggest fan, but you look back to his resume, he has fought basically everybody and uh, he's, money's on the table from DAZN, he doesn't necessarily have to take the Jacobs fight. Um, he did have a bit of a gimme against Rocky Fielding, but taking the Jacobs fight in his second uh, fight on this deal is a brave decision and um, you know, Jacobs arguably beat Golovkin when those two fought, so this is a, this is a real test for Canelo he, and if he actually wins it conclusively, I think it might secure his status in the middleweight division a bit more. Um, there's no venue confirmed for that one just yet, but seems likely for Vegas, I think, which is where Pacquiao and Broner squared off last weekend. The Filipino was a clear winner in everyone's eyes, but uh, those of his opponent, as evidenced by Broner's post-fight interview. I beat him. Everybody out there know I beat him. Everybody out there know I beat him. I controlled the fight. He was missing. I hit him clean more times. I beat him. You averaged eight punches. Less than eight punches was the most punches that you had in the round, and it seemed as though you couldn't get it close enough. Like, it already sounded like you was against me, so I already ain't, I already, I already ain't got a fair shake talking to you, but let me talk something. Let me let y'all know. I want to thank the whole hood who came out here. I love y'all. I did this for the hood. Y'all know I beat that boy. Y'all know I beat that boy. They trying to, what they trying to do is they trying to get that money again with Pacquiao and um, Floyd, but it's cool. I ain't worrying about it. I'm still that man. I'm on top. Cincinnati, stand up. West side. Five. You're three, three, and one in your last seven fights. What will you do next? Hey, I'm three, three, and one in my last seven, but I'll be seven zero against you. Well, that wouldn't mean much. That's the end of this interview. Good luck to you in the future. Adrian Broner there in typically classy form, challenging 60-year-old Jim Gray to a fight. Um, <laughs> Seven fights, actually. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if he had been that forthcoming in the fight itself, he uh, might have actually won a couple of rounds. But uh, I don't know. It's, Adrian Broner is so frustrating. Like ah, the talent is there. He's probably not as talented as he was mooted to be at the beginning of his career. The whole next Floyd Mayweather thing was a bit overblown. But he's just not active enough. He doesn't let his hands go and. Pacquiao at 40 years old outworked him and that's kind of unforgivable, isn't it? But there was stages during the fight where he... He put combinations yeah, yeah, He got a nice one too, was it the sixth round? And he didn't follow up on it. And then he just sits back and then Pacquiao had him in trouble and then he held on. But the stats were there, like he just wasn't throwing punches. Mm. And yeah, like if you're going to be that much of a loudmouth and then come in and be so inactive in the ring, then you're not going to win many fans. Yeah, like he's done well to keep this sort of facade going this long because he's always been a lot of um, all bark, no bite. Um, he's one in four by my reckoning in the against top class opposition. So he beat Paulie Malignaggi by the skin of his teeth, lost to Sean Porter, lost to Mikey Garcia, lost to Pacquiao and Marcus Maidana. So you know, when he's really a four-weight world champion, but when he's really put to the pin of his collar, he's kind of underachieved a little bit. 50 punches total in the whole fight and an average of eight punches per round. So um, he's not the easiest guy to like, is he, right? No, I, I'm not a fan of him at all. You know, I think I said, I didn't say that too kindly off air. I know that. But f frustration again to watch that. Like uh, Pacquiao, like his hand speed was unbelievable, you know, but he, I, Pacquiao, I don't think he was at his best either. He was falling in sometimes with his punches. But when he was in close counters then, Broner just held him and just deliberately held him, you know, and it was frustrating to watch the two of them that way. Like, Pacquiao's hand speed for 40 years of age is unbelievable as well, you know, but I'm delighted Broner got bet and I'm delighted even that he made a show of himself after as well, because that cements the whole theory that he's not well got around this part, you know, so I don't know is there much he can do. Like, obviously, Everyone knows his name now, you know, so if he did manage to pull another fight, people would still watch it. I, like, if he was fighting again another big fight in a couple of weeks, I probably would watch it to, just to see yes. the spectacle, <laughs> you know, because it was. It was a spectacle at the end of it, you know, the, like, the interview probably got more views than the fight after, you know, so, yeah, it, 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 uh, you'd wonder what goes through his head after, you know, like, after a fight. I know most boxers, 
when after fight to think they won, you know. But that was that was a wide margin that they got better yeah, in that one. It was comical to see him once the bell went, he runs up and yeah. they're jumping on the on, on the ropes, and you're going, "What are you doing?" Was <laughs> <laughs> I watching the same fight? <laughs> for a lad like that who gets himself into positions for these big fights, and then when he's in the ring, and it, even when <coughs> in the fight, he gets himself in positions where he can throw punches, but he won't. Mm. So what, what, what's going on in his head? Is it, is it fear? I don't know, really. Like he, he obviously has this aura about, or he has this perception of himself. You know, I'd, I'd like to speak with a psychologist, you know, because he thinks he's, he's God's gift, you know, yeah. which he's obviously not. But it was very hard to deal with Pacquiao as well. And maybe he did. Like, I know if, if you get hurt in a fight, you're not going to be so quick to be punching. So he was, he was on the retreat for the whole fight. Either he was just holding his hands up or he was holding. You know, he didn't really put the, put the pressure on Pacquiao. But I don't know. I was very disappointed with, with, with the fight as a, as, a, as a match. You know, it was, it was a mismatch, really. Pacquiao, um, wide, wide margin win over everything. But I was disappointed he didn't do anything really only it, as I said it was a spectacle at the end with the with the interview but other than that it was it was a boring enough fight I thought you tried to you tried to lead Pacquiao on and do Mayweather's shoulder roll defense and I, I think Pacquiao had a um, a tactic of going to the body mm. far more often than usual I think maybe that surprised him a little bit because he he talked about one left to the body and Browner winced yeah and that might have taken the shoulder roll trying to frustrate him out of it but I, I really expected it, it to be a Toe to toe, kind of let's go at it. Yeah. Big fight for the winner, and there's a big, there's probably a big fight for Manny, but Browner's out of the mm -hmm. equation now completely, I think. But like, Pacquiao's obviously not at his best now. He's 40 years of age. He's been, he's been, he's been in the wars so many times now. So that could have evened the match up, you know. And it should have been a match. It should have been like two average fighters will give a great fight, but. There was an average fighter and there was an exceptional fighter in Manny Pacquiao. He didn't. He didn't look his age. He didn't. He didn't get drawn into the fight that Broner wanted him to do. It, you know, and he had nothing to lose. Manny Pacquiao. You know, he's he's coming to the end of his career now, and he's he's a great ambassador as well for for boxing. He's honest and he's straight, and he's not taking shortcuts and anything. So it's good to see him being rewarded. I know, like he didn't need that win. The, the last year, but he still gave he gave his heart and soul in the ring, you know. Um, but Broner didn't he didn't he wasn't at the race at all. I felt. But and inter interestingly, he's joined the PBC ranks now, and for a long time he was with that, or with um, Bob, Bob Arum. So um, they had to get really creative with the matchmaking, and he fought Juan Manuel Marquez about fifty three times. So cre creative was one way of saying it. They kept yeah, it in house. Yeah, Clotty, Margarito. So he had to be a bit sort of creative with it. Now you've got abundance of options, it's just whether he might be a bit too far gone to get in there with Errol Spence or Keith Thurman. But there's there's a second tier at the top level of the welterweight division, like Danny Garcia and maybe Sean Porter, where you wouldn't be overly worried about him fighting them, even though he'd probably be underdog against both those guys. I know you're the resident Manny Pacquiao fan, Simon. Where do you, uh, where's he at in his career, do you think? Yeah, well, I, mean, I was just delighted with the performance uh, because he, w he was tactically very, very smart or the, the game plan they had was brilliant. He obviously can't fire anywhere near as many punches as he used to and he has been in a load of wars. You could list six or seven. But he was very smart. You could see it, glimpses of the old Pacquiao there, mm. especially when he backed him up against the rope and went, went flying in at him. Uh, yeah, like, you're, you're probably right. He's in the top five welterweight, weight, weight, welterweights in the world now again. But, you know, he's... He's in fourth or fifth, and there's a bit of a gap between the top three. Uh, I'd like to see, I think it might, maybe a Danny Garcia, I've changed my mind since I came in, maybe a Danny Garcia fight, and then if he wins that, then he has, it has to be either Spence or Thurman. Mm. And just on Keith Thurman, I know another, another uh, fighter you're fond of, he returns this weekend against Josecito Lopez, again on free-to-air television in these parts on ITV4. Yeah. Excited to see him back? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, I mean... It's kind of been a, a huge shot in the arm for the welterweight division now with everyone kind of aligning with PBC and with Terman coming back in, you know what he brings. I'm very excited to see what he can do. I know he had a, a an elbow injury, then a wrist injury. And then he plagued by injuries. And then he got married. So, uh, oh, well. That's you know. the oh, that's the worst of all. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> with the two injuries. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I think it's great to see him back. Uh, he's, he's in a, not a gimme fight, but 
he should win it pretty comfortably. Yeah, Lopez comes to fight, but he'll let Thurman showcase what he's good at, you know, stepping back, and he punches really hard, Thurman, so he'll be looking to get a stoppage, and because he was, when he left the division, quote-unquote, he was considered the, the top dog, he'd beaten Garcia and Porter back-to-back, and everyone thought he was, he was the man to beat, but then Spence and even Crawford have since usurped him a lot, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Um, and just one last word on that card from the weekend, Badu Jack got one of the most gruesome uh, <laughs> cuts I've ever seen. I think 100 stitches, four layers of 25, so he'd be doing well to come back from that one. Yeah, I just, uh, <laughs> Tony Weeks, the referee, his shirt. Yeah. What's yeah. his catchphrase again? I, I just, well, no, well, I know any ref that says they want a good clean fight, they didn't get a clean fight because shirt was ruined. I don't think any kind of detergent is going to clean that, so you should just frame that, uh, frame it and sell it for charity. But um, yeah, it was a nasty, nasty injury. I'm surprised it actually went the distance because uh, it looked like it was going to be ended um but uh, yeah like in fairness marcus brown is putting together some impressive performances yeah because a lot of these american prospects you hear about them coming through and around 50 percent of them turn out to be not all that but he seems to be as he said putting a good resume together and was impressive against Badger jack who's a tough out at the best of times like he gave james the gelfits and uh Nathan Cleverly as well. So, you know, we've we've become familiar with him over the years, beat George Groves too. So, uh, we'll see. The light heavyweight division is going to get interesting now. Ser- Sergei Kovalev against Leder Alvarez is coming up. So, uh, plenty of good fights in 2019. And Speaking of which... stoppage for Shakur Stevenson. Oh, yeah. Another another guy you're quite fond of, aren't you? Well, he keeps knocking them out, so... <laughs> Hopefully, we'll see himself against Mike Collin at, uh, or Mick Collin at some stage uh, in the next couple of years. Speaking of 2019, Ray, we have to wish you good luck going into 2019. Yeah, thank you very much and I appreciate it for, for having me on again. I know I wasn't expecting to come on so quick after getting bet, but it's it's uh, it's positive and everything. We're like we're, we're sitting down with management this week just to plan our move, um, but it's it's looking positive and there's, there's plenty of plenty of surprises to come in 2019, hopefully. Right, well, thanks a million for coming in and we'll definitely chat to you again soon. Thanks to Phil and Simon and to producer Tom as always. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. We'll chat to you next week.